There comes a time in everyone's life when talk is cheap and it's time to show up to get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team and our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks join by Jeff Luno, Astros President of Baseball Operations and General Manager, as we are every Sunday before the Astros uh, wrap up this series with the Texas Rangers. And the Astros have wrapped up the silver boot, Jeff, have guaranteed winning that for the third straight year. And Jose Urquidy, a big reason why yesterday. I mean, what a performance, especially when you consider his first couple of outings did not go as well as he certainly would have hoped. But uh, a pretty good lineup holding them to just one run over seven innings. He was really great. And even one of those hits he gave up was questionable whether it was a hit or not. He did a terrific job for us. We knew he was capable of an outing like this. You know, his first outing was in Colorado and then his second outing in Anaheim uh, here it's Sunday before the All-Star break. But, you know, right now this guy's locked in and there's going to be opportunities, whether we trade for someone or not in the next week and a half, there's going to be opportunities for, for somebody in the back end of the rotation to step up. And he certainly made a case for it last night. You know, what was interesting to me in that, that game was that I, I, I consider his breaking pitch to be a better pitch than his changeup. Yeah. But his changeup was so uh, effective last night that him and Torino's decided why, why veer from it. So to show that he has that ability with his third best pitch to dominate a team like the Rangers says something. That was huge. And, you know, he we knew he had a mix of pitches. And sometimes all it takes is just knowing which pitch is working that night. And yeah. obviously last night the changeup was his dominant pitch, and he used it effectively. And, and also he cruised through. I mean, the fact that he gave us seven innings and we only needed two relievers to get through the rest of the game. This bullpen's been taxed. When your fourth and fifth starter aren't giving you many innings, your bullpen gets taxed. And it's just not a good situation in a long stretch of games like we're in now. So that was huge for us. Hopefully our Monteros will give us – some quality innings today and then you know obviously we've got a pretty good pitching lineup for the A's uh, later this week. You know speaking of pitching uh, part of the reason or got this opportunity was because Brad Peacock was supposed to start this past Monday had a setback with his shoulder what's the latest on him? Well he's uh, we shut him down for a few days he we did do um, some imaging and everything looks fine but obviously because he's feeling something we're gonna give him an opportunity to recover so I don't think he'll be back this month. I think it'll be more like middle of next month, really, realistically, after you shut him down and get him going again. So we're going to have to fill those those innings with somebody else, and that's why you know we're auditioning these guys now, and that's why we're talking to other teams about potential trades. A couple of days ago, a, a tough probably meeting with you and AJ and Tyler White. He, he got DFA'd to open up a spot for Urquidy. How tough was that? And maybe just reflect a little bit on Tyler White's time here. Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard during, when you're having a conversation like that with a player because it's the last thing they want to hear, but it really is the end of a, of a very big chapter in his life and in the Astros' life, too. I mean, this guy was drafted late, uh, was, was you know probably going to go undrafted if we didn't take him. He hit his way through the minor leagues. He got to the big leagues. He hit home runs in some big games for us. He really helped us out at various points over the last few years and was a part of this club that's been a winning club. And it's so hard to say goodbye to a guy like that. And it may not be a permanent goodbye. I hope it is for his sake because that means he gets picked up by another big league club. But if not, he'll he'll come back and join us. But, you know, it's, it's tough the way the rules work. Once you're out of options, if you don't stay on the 25-man roster, we have to offer you up to everybody else. And that's... You know, he's not the only one in that in that position. We've got Kemp and Stassi and others in that position, so he may not be the last one this year. But 
it's really tough when a guy's been part of the fabric of this team for the past few years. Uh, a guy that uh, certainly Astros are hoping to get back soon, Oledmiz Diaz, played in back-to-back -back games yesterday uh, and on, on Friday in his minor league rehab. Obviously, that's a, a big step for him. Is the, the hope that he could be activated tomorrow? Well, the, tomorrow would be the soonest, and it kind of depends how he feels today. He's going to do a full workout today at Corpus. And, you know, sometimes when you're just getting those at-bats going, it's kind of like spring training. You feel a little soreness and you need a day off. So we're going to evaluate him today. It's either going to be Monday, or if it's not Monday, it's going to be Wednesday probably. But, but he's close, and that's a good thing. It's going to create another roster issue for us. And then right on the heels of that, we got Carlos you know, anticipating to come back sometime around the – Friday, Saturday of the Cardinal series. So we're going to have to take two, make two roster moves to accommodate these two guys. But we need them back. We need Carlos back playing shortstop, and we need Diaz back. You know, he can he can relieve Yuli at first. He can relieve Bregman at third. He can do a lot of things for us. And plus, he's got a good bat. And I'm looking forward to the day when we have three Cubans in the middle of the lineup and yeah. having all yeah. three of them hit homers in, in a game. All right, we'll have more with Jeff Luno right after this. Baseball season is back, and if you're at Minute Maid Park... Head on over to the new Love Street Bar behind Home Plate for a wide selection of Carbach beers, including Love Street Blonde, Tapadillo IPA, and the Astros' very own Crawford Bach. Or visit us sometime at the brewery where we're open seven days a week. Learn more at carbachbrewing.com or find us on social media at Carbach Brewing. And welcome back once again joined by Jeff Luno before the Astros look for the sweep against the Texas Rangers and uh, obviously trade deadline coming up. I'm not telling you something you don't already know. I know you get you and your group have been working pretty hard on looking at possibilities and, and possible deals and this time of year you always hear reports about what scouts from what teams are out watching what players and, and watching what teams farm systems. Uh, as, as far as when it comes to scouting another team starting pitcher uh, how important are those looks right before the All-Star break in person? Because obviously there's so much data out there, so yeah. much video. How important is that? Is that still a big part of it for, for you guys? Well, for us, it's not. You'll rarely see a reporter breaking a story that an Astro scout was watching so-and-so start uh, because we don't really believe in, in any one start giving us. And plus, we're actually at all those games anyway because we're capturing information from w what we need to make our decision. We've been watching these players for a long time. We've done some in-person scouting, but we don't wait until uh, the month before to, to do it. Obviously, if there's an injury or something, we're, we keep aware of that. But we're out looking at all the players. We're, we're out looking at... Uh, any any possibility and there's a lot of fishes in the line or lines in the in the water if you if you will uh, but really right now teams are, are a little hesitant because they want to make sure they're getting the best deal and so they're shopping deals around and there's really no nothing to trigger it except knowing that the deadline is is around the corner and the, the closer it comes and you know you have to do medicals and everything then that creates a forcing mechanism to get a deal done if I was to, to set the the line at one and a half on, on trades done before the deadline in 10 days, would you go over or under? Well, I would say the over-under is probably one. I mean, we did two last year. We've averaged about, you know, between one and two and sometimes three. But um, I would say we have such a complete team oh, yeah. right now that I think, um, you know, somewhere between one and two. So I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you whether it's over or under, but um, we're certainly looking at multiple deals. But whether anything gets done, uh, a lot has to happen for that to come to fruition. And if you want to tell us, by the way, about any trades that, of course. that you're going to make, please let us know now. We always yeah. always love to find out. But uh, did want to talk about uh, some guys in the system, particularly uh, Forrest Whitley. He's yeah. a guy who. Uh, pitched uh, his second Gulf Coast League game on Friday as he uh, was on the injured list, still is on the injured list for yep. 
for AAA and kind of get a, a bit of a, of a reset. Obviously good to see him back on the mound and back pitching. Yeah, and uh, by the way, he didn't walk as many as, as was broadcast on Twitter. He walked four guys, not six guys. So it okay. wasn't as bad as everybody thought. And, and um, he was working on a few things. Um, I talked to uh, both of our pitching coaches that were down there, and they feel like he's ready to take the next step. So I think the next step for him is to go to a full-season club and, and pitch under the lights. So that's going to that's gonna happen here before the end of the month. And, you know, we're going to get him going. He needs to have some success. So we're going to, you know, lo- look at it start by start and figure out where he needs to go next. But, but he's back. He's healthy. He's feeling good. The stuff is good. And to me, he's still one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. So we're lucky we have him. Jeff, I know you wanted to split up Cole and Verlander in the rotation with Miley, but is there any coincidence that those three are pitching in this next series against Oakland? You know, it's funny. Back when I was with the Cardinals, Tony La Russa would always look at the matchup against the Cubs and make uh-huh. sure he had his best pitchers matching up against the Cubs. Right. And I, could, I, I said to AJ the other day, I said, you sneaky. I know you did this. <laughs> I know you did this weeks ago. So you'd have these three guys pitching against Oakland. Yeah. And it, you know, did he, he, didn't, admit to he it? didn't deny or admit anything. But right, so uh, I don't did. think it's a coincidence that we've got our three best guys going against our, you know, the team that's right behind us in the division and a team that's playing really well and you know they did this to us last year we we got ahead at the end but you know i'd like to uh i'd like to get this thing done before you know late september if possible you know one thing i know steve and i have talked about more so off the air is you look at this division i mean obviously talk about that oakland team a good team that's a lineup they can grind out at bats this rangers team same thing angels they're a team that doesn't uh, strike out a lot and they'll they'll draw their their share of walks even seattle you know they're uh, among the league leaders and 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 walk rate and things like that this division has become really tough to pitch to all all across the board yeah it has i mean when you have players like trout and otani and and all the great players on on the different teams um, it, it's tough, and this is a tough division. It's an underrated division, and, and you know every series we play a lot of division series from here on out. And every series, you know, teams are going to want to beat us to make a statement, and even if they're out of it, so. Uh, you know, we have our work cut out for us, but I'm glad we're playing division games right now because it gives us an opportunity to grow the, the gap, and that's what our goal is right now, to win this division as, as soon as possible. Jeff, do you feel like a, a catcher at some point during this trade deadline is a necessity? Well, we're looking at it. You know, yeah. the challenge is Stassi's out of options, so if we bring in a second catcher, right. uh, that means uh, we're going to have to let Stassi go. And Stassi's going to be part of our – he's part of our future plans. So it would have to be someone that would be worth, uh, you know, conceding that that part of it but we we're, we look at everything obviously Maldonado got traded uh last week and um you know we had talked to them a little bit about him but um you know we'll see what well, there's we still have a week and a half and and even after that even though there's no um w- uh, trade waiver uh opportunities there's still going to be teams that are going to be dfa'd and we'll have an opportunity to maybe claim someone if we feel like we need it and Stubbs is uh you know AAA doing pretty well and he could always come up and probably would in September and J.B. Bukowskis, Thursday, another good outing, giving yeah. up a run over six innings, striking out nine down at Corpus Christi. Uh, strung together a couple of really good outings. Has been overall pitching much better of, of late. Is there a thought, because of the way his season started, to maybe keep him at double-A rather than push him to triple-A right away and, and, and have him at a level where he's having some success finally? I do think we want to see him continue to have success. He's been a little inconsistent, but he's been better as of late. Uh, I also wouldn't mind bringing him up to triple-A to giving him a, a taste of that, what that's like, at least uh, you know for the last couple weeks or so. So Pete, Pete and Armando and I will talk about it. We'll make a decision. But 
Um, you know, it kind of depends on what our AAA rotation looks like, because if some of the guys that are up here end up back there, then there might not be room for them. But um, overall, we're happy with his progress right now. We got off to a slow start. We really suffered a pretty big setback in our pitching depth with, obviously, Martin going down and, and Whitley having to go to Florida and, and uh, Bukaskis being inconsistent. But thank goodness Urquidy stepped up, and, and hopefully Armenteros will keep doing what he did last week. Jeff, with the anniversary yesterday, any memories of us landing on the moon? Well, um, I was too young to really remember it, but I did meet uh, an astronaut, James Irwin, who was on the moon, and he uh, came to our church and told a story about uh, just what, how amazing it was. And just listening to that as a kid and being inspired by Made that. an impression, right? Yeah, it really was. And I'm, I'm glad we're planning to go back out and, you know, go to moon and then go to Mars. I think it's great for humanity and it's a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, those conspiracy movies that it didn't happen, that's, you know, that's all bunk. <laughs> and who knows, maybe there'll be some good players on Mars. You, yeah, you never only know. one way to you find out. The ball will fly there. market. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Luno, Astros President of Baseball Operations and General Manager. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, guys. For the first time in Astros franchise history, 16 members will be honored as the first class of inductees into the official Astros Hall of Fame. Fans are welcome to celebrate this occasion throughout Hall of Fame weekend presented by Houston Methodist at Minute Maid Park August 2nd through 4th. Today, longtime broadcaster Bill Brown salutes Astros legend Bob Astromonte. Sports can serve as an inspirational experience when children suffering physical challenges are involved. That was the case with Houston third baseman Bob Aspromonte after he met a youngster named Billy Bradley. Aspromonte stepped out of his cap and gown at Lafayette High School in Brooklyn and into the uniform of the Dodgers as a bonus baby at age 17 in 1956. The rules at that time required the Dodgers to put him on the Major League roster, which made him a teammate of Jackie Robinson. Robinson even gave him a glove when he was having difficulty using a third baseman's glove at shortstop. Aspromonte moved to Los Angeles with the Dodgers, who left him unprotected in the expansion draft. The Colt 45 selected him, and he became their starting third baseman and the man who got their first hit in franchise history. As the Colts introduced themselves to the great Southwest, a nine-year-old ball player named Billy Bradley listened to Gene Elston, Lowell Pass, and others every night in El Dorado, Arkansas. He was at practice the afternoon of April 27, 1962, when a storm blew in. His coach called the team off the field just as lightning struck. While taking a drink from a metal water fountain, Billy was struck by lightning passing through him after it hit a nearby tree. Billy later said to a reporter, it basically killed me. Billy's coach revived him through CPR, but he was blind. The electricity fried the lenses of his eyes. Doctors told him he would not regain his sight. Dr. Louis Girard of the Baylor College of Medicine had a different outlook. He outlined a series of surgical procedures with the plan of restoring Billy's eyesight. That plan brought Billy to Houston July 25, 1962. Aspromonte was a visitor to Billy's hospital room, and he delivered several gifts. Billy requested one more gift, a home run that night. Aspro said he would do his best, but he was not optimistic. Bradley and his parents were at the game for five innings, but he was back in his hospital bed by the time the bottom of the eighth rolled around. Facing Stu Miller, Aspromonte belted a home run. He didn't hit another one for the final two months of that season. The next season, Billy returned to Houston for another surgery. He had limited vision in both eyes by then. He again requested an Aspromati home run, June 11, 1963. It didn't happen in the first nine innings, but Bob tagged Lindy McDaniel of St. Louis with the game-winning Grand Slam in the 10th for a major thrill for Bradley. Six weeks later, Bradley was in town for his final surgery, and his vision by now was good enough to see the game well. Although it was too much to hope for, Bradley asked for a third Aspromonte home run. 
By that time, Aspro knew better than to doubt the power of what he called divine intervention. He had been dropped to sixth in the lineup and was hitting just 200 when he stepped to the plate with the bases loaded in the first against the Mets' Tracy Stout. Bases loaded here off Tracy Stollard with two men out. Runnels at third, Staub at second, win on first. Aspro behind here on Stollard, one strike. Aspromati, right-handed batter. Stollard looks over to third. He's using that full windup now. Here's the pitch, and an Aspro hits one to deep left field. Christopher Wade! Notice the little boy, Bill Bradley, the little blind boy from El Dorado, Arkansas. Bob Astromani pointed to him as he ran back to the dugout. That's the second grand slammer he's hit for that boy. Well, this definitely has to be a thrill, and especially for little Bill Bradley. And Bob Astromani has delivered the home run for him, and as Lowell pointed out, he uh, made the motion as he went back into the dugout, pointing to Bill Bradley, who now can see. Incredible. Aspromati was the club leader for many years with six grand slams, but he hit just 60 home runs in more than 4,300 career at-bats. And Billy Bradley returned to Little League Baseball with his vision restored and pitched a no-hitter, dedicating it to Bob Aspromati. Bob Aspromati is a member of the 2019 Astros Hall of Fame inaugural class presented by Houston Methodist. There comes a time in everyone's life when talk is cheap and it's time to show up. To get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team. And our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9ASTROS.